I want to talk to you today about living in the abundance of grace. I think many times that, that Christians, we, we rest in what Christ has done for us for the future. We receive by grace, grace being that which we receive from God, which we do not deserve. And, and here, and we, we live and trust in the Lord, and we trust in Him for our salvation. But I believe that many of us, just like this man, have a spiritual blanket somewhere in the closet that we could pull out, and God has given it to us that we could live above where we are today. See, God's blessings to us are more than just for the life to come. He has blessed us in this world as well. John 8, 36 says this, If therefore the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That simply means you shall be truly free. You shall be free from all things. Do you realize when Christ sets us free, we are free from sin? doesn't matter what you've done. You're set free. There is no sin that separates us from God. There is no sin that anybody has ever committed that if you ask the Lord for, to, for forgiveness, He is going to grant you for forgiveness. It can't hold you down. It can't hold you back. The sin, when God forget, uh, gives you, He forgets it. It's gone. It's cast as far as the east is from the west. When you are set free from sin, you are set free. You are truly free indeed. Do you realize that yourself can't hold you back? I think many times that we don't think that we're good enough or we're not sufficient enough or we're not able enough to do the things that, or receive the grace that God has given us. And can I tell you a secret? You're right. None of us are good enough to receive the grace of God. None of us are adequate enough, and none of us have, have the ability. But that's what grace is. It's receiving from God that which we do not deserve. Don't allow yourself to say, I am not good enough to receive the grace of God, because that has never been a criteria for the grace of God. The grace of God is that which we receive from Him, what we do not deserve. Don't allow yourself to interfere with receiving from the Lord what He wants to give us. You know, others can't hold you back. If Christ has set you free, then what others think of you, what others say about you, they really can't hold you back. The only time they hold you back is when you allow them. I believe it's a true statement that the only people that can hurt you are the ones that you allow. I would rather trust in what the Lord says about me than what others say about me. I would rather trust in the Lord and knowing that, that, that the Lord loves me for God so loved the world. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. And, and if God is for me, then who can be against me? And there's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper because I know that I am the recipient of the grace of God. I didn't earn it. But man, I will take it. Your past can't 
hold you back. Your present can't hold you back. The future can't hold you back. Habits can't hold you back. In fact, there's nothing in this world that can hold you back when the sun sets you free. Do you realize that the adversary of our soul, the devil, cannot hold you back? He'll try to. He'll try to come to you and, and, and try to tempt you, or he'll try to remind you of some things that you've done, or maybe, maybe uh, lead you down a path where, where you're entrapped and ensnared by the things of this world. But do you realize that if you have the presence of God in your life, if that same spirit which dwelled in Christ dwells in you, if you have that, that you have the, the right and ability to rise above that, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that was in Christ. And you have been given the authority through Christ, not because of your merit, not because of your goodness, but because of his goodness and his grace and his power and his authority and his love and devotion to you, that he gives you the ability to rise above anything in this world. The devil cannot hold you back. And don't listen to him. We are greater than the, than the spirits of this world. The scripture tells us not one time, not one time did God ever call any of the angels son. And yet we are the children of the living God. Wow. I, I think about that phrase from time to time, children of the living God. You ever, you ever think about that? I know right now it's really big to, to uh, get your ancestry DNA and, you know, do the little swab, send it back. And, you know, and you come back and they tell you where your ancestors are from and it's really pretty cool. You have to go back and you kind of want to trace your heritage and kind of know, you know, what part of the world you actually came from. It's really great. But we're the children of God. Think about that. You're the children of God. We're greater than the, than the spirit of this world. Romans 8, 9 says, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. That just lets us know that we are also spiritual beings. We minister in the spirit. We fight uh, our battles in the spirit. We worship in spirit and in truth. We are spiritual beings. We don't have to be inhibited by just the things we see. There is a world beyond us that we are invited into through the grace of God. And because Christ lived, because Christ lives and uh, right now, we get to live. This is what John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have done, and he will do greater things. Now, I don't know about you. I, don't, I can't ever see myself walking on water Unless I'm out in one of the swamps here in Florida and I see an alligator, then I'm going to be just like Jesus. <laughs> we have been given so much. Jesus wouldn't just say, hey, all the things you've seen me do, you, you're going to get to do. If he didn't mean it. So I look at my own life and I say, well, why am I not seeing these things? And I'm, and I'm, I've come to the conclusion that it's because my blanket of grace is stuck somewhere in the back of the closet. And I don't want to just rest on the grace of God for my salvation. 
I want to walk in the abundance of grace in this life as well. So how do you do that? Well, I think the scripture was pretty plain when it was talking about Stephen. And it said, Stephen, full of grace. Not partially filled, not two-thirds or three-fourths or seven-eighths, but full. That, that word for full, Perez, it simply means he was overflowing with grace. He was above grace. It was an overflow. He was full, filled up, overflowing in abundance with God's grace. Now, I know that we have a limited capacity of, of things to fill in our lives. One uh, years ago, many years ago, we, we had started a church, and, and uh, I don't know, we were running probably 25 on a good Sunday. We were really excited when, when that would happen. We were meeting in a, in a room, a rented room at a hotel, and, and it was great because the kids loved it because they thought we had, the church had a swimming pool. I mean, it was, it was great. And so we were, we were meeting, and, and one Sunday morning, everybody called me and said, Pastor, we're not going to be there today. Well, it didn't take a lot. It was only like three calls. And, but Nancy said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, we're going to go. I was young. I was going to preach anyway. And so we walked in, knowing no one was going to be there, and sitting right there, was our district superintendent's wife. And I made one of the dumbest mistakes I've ever made in my life. I led singing and I preached. And she was so gracious and so kind. And afterwards, she, we were just talking and she opened her Bible and she said, you know, when I was young, I had somebody speak this to me and I want to give this to you. And it written in the front page of her Bible was this statement. They said, a 30-year-old person is like a densely populated city. Before you can build something new, you must first tear something down. And that resonated with me. And I think about being full of grace. And then I start thinking about some of the circumstances that we face in our lives or some of the, the issues of life that the Lord is dealing with us on. And I equate it to this statement. And I wonder sometimes, is the Lord trying to get me to tear something down so he can build something beautiful? Is the Lord wanting me to remove something out of my life so he can fill me with grace? Is there something in my life that's keeping the fullness of the grace of God from flowing out in every avenue, every area of my life? I'm fully persuaded that God loves us enough that he will not allow us to stay in the circumstances that we're in. And he will continually move us. That's the, the sanctification process in our life he will continually move us toward Christ and he's going to continually work on us and it's this one concept that he wants us to move things out of our life so he can fill us with more of his spirit and more of his grace to the point that we can be full of grace and when we're full of grace it begins an overflow if you look at the scripture with Stephen 
which I forgot to put on there, so I'll have to read it to you. When you look at the, the, the scripture, it says that Stephen was full of grace and he, and he did great wonders and signs among the people. In other words, the grace of God was so, uh, so full and rich in his life, it began to pour out. When we have the grace of God and we're walking in that grace of God and we're allowing things that in our lives to be removed and allowing God to have full reign and control in all the aspects of our life, then, then the natural process is an overflow. Stephen performed great miraculous things out of the overflow of the grace of God. I believe that that is a product or a byproduct of living in the grace of God, is that when you have God's grace just poured on you and lavished on you in all the areas of your life, you're going to be ministering to other people around you, extending kindness and goodness and blessing to those around you. And notice that Stephen wasn't one of the apostles. Stephen was a follower of Christ that was chosen to have a job in the church to wait on tables. And while he was serving other people, while he was doing work for other people, God used him. So you don't have to be a pastor to be blessed by God or to be used by God. You don't have to, to work in the church to have a ministry that blesses others. This, this Monday, I, there was a memorial service for a former student of mine. Uh, I had him years ago, and him and a, and a group of other guys, we, I was teaching or coaching basketball, and, and I had these guys for three four years, and, and we became really close. I was kind of like a dad to them, and, and uh, we're still close to this day. And I kept trying to work with, with Jeremy, and I said, man, you, you know, you need to go to college. You need to, and he said, no, no coach, I'm not going. Didn't want to go, chose not to go. And after high school, he, I kind of lost track of him for a while, but I found out just this last week that around 19, 20 years old, he, he made his way to a Bible study, and in that Bible study, he realized about the grace of God, about serving God, was more than just within the walls of a church. So he decided shortly after that that he would start a, a business, and he did. He started a tree trimming business and has a, had 120 employees. He was only 37 years old when he passed. Had 120 employees. But here's what's the amazing thing about that. Those 120 employees, he led every single one of them to Christ. He realized that you could live in the abundance of the grace of God and allow that, that abundance to overflow into other people's lives and to share the goodness and the grace of God. So if we want to walk in that abundance, I think we need to be full of grace. I, need, I believe we need to re, uh, realize that we need to allow God to, to bless others through the overflow of the grace of God in our lives and I believe the third thing is simply this, that we need to rise above the voice of opposition. 
Scripture says opposition arose from members of the synagogue of the freedmen. These were the synagogue that was developed while they were in captivity, and they still had a, a mentality of captivity. Their, their theology was based on trying never to go back to captivity, so they were working hard, but they couldn't, they couldn't get to the place where Stephen was. They, and they, because the way Stephen was living and the way their theology was was contradictory And many times you will run into that. When you begin to start living in the grace of God and you allow the grace of God to flow in all aspects of your life and you're giving total control of your life to Him. If you're living in grace, you will be challenged by those who are not. I'm glad that I... I knew about healing before there were others that told me that healing didn't exist today. I am thankful that I know that God uses the gifts of the Spirit before I went to seminary and they told me they didn't exist anymore. I am thankful that, that God's grace is still as effective today as it always has been. And you can't allow negative voices to interfere with what God is doing in your life. You love people you, and, and you pray for them, but you follow the voice of the Lord in your life. Scripture tells us they opposed Stephen, but they could not overcome him because of the wisdom that God gave him. If you're living in the abundance of grace, there is no argument against what God is doing. You know, and, and, and somebody may tell you, well, I don't, I don't believe in divine healing. Well, I wasn't supposed to live past the age of 10. I'm a couple of years older than that. Because I remember as a young boy, my parents calling over a pastor and his wife and praying for me. And from that point on, I started getting better. I believe in healing because I have been healed. I have been healed more than once. How many in here has the Lord ever touched? I know that there's healing. Walk in the grace of God. So if we live in the abundance and, and, we, and we are allowing the grace of God to, to fill our lives, there's nothing that can stop us except ourselves. My father-in-law had this story he loved to tell, and it was about a small eaglet that fell out of its nest and landed in a pen with a bunch of prairie chickens. You ever seen a prairie chicken? I don't know what God was thinking when he created them. Maybe it was a reminder of, don't be like this. I don't know. But... This little eaglet was in this little pen with these prairie chickens, and he grew up thinking he was a prairie chicken. You know, he would dig around for worms and bugs and whatever else he, he needed or, uh, you know, to live by. And, and one day, this eaglet had grown, and he looked different than the, than the prairie chickens, but here he is, and he's in the same pen with them. And one day, this giant eagle just soars over the top. 
And while he's digging for worms, he sees the, the shadow and looks up. And he sees this eagle just soaring above them. So this eaglet says, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. And the prairie chickens around him looked at him and said, don't even get your hopes up. You're just a prairie chicken. And he believed them and stayed in the pen. Can I ask you a question? If the sun has set you free, you're free indeed. What's keeping you in the pen? What's keeping you from soaring with Christ and living in the abundance of grace? For he has set you free. And I think it's time that if there's an area of your life that you want God to truly bless and touch, take that spiritual blanket out and see what God will do. Would you stand with me? Here's what I'd like you to do. If you don't mind, if you just close your eyes just for a moment. I want you to think about an area of your life that you would love the Lord to bless, that you love the grace of God to just overflow. Maybe it's an area of your life that, you're, that you struggle in and, and you think, well, well, God can never forgive me or, or I'm just not good enough. You have to remember that the grace of God is receiving from God that which you do not deserve. So you're, you're asking or thinking about something that deserve has nothing to do with it. Think about that area of your life. And I want you to reach out and say, God, I want to live in the abundance of grace. And if there's something in my life that needs to be torn down, I want you to show it to me. And I want you to reveal it to me. And I will surrender it to you right now.